All right, let's go. Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of August 8th, 2011. This is podcast number 114, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing agency who puts on the podcast, and I'm joined today by... Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Do you have hair in your water? What is that? gum on the inside of my glass. Some debris. What is that? Some debris. <laughs> Nervous? Yeah, that's not good. Some banal debris. Chris is holding up his glass of water. My glass of water. Fingering the edge of it. Yeah, that makes me worried what's in there. <laughs> okay. Anywho. How are you guys? We took a week off. Yeah. We did. Some well, vacation in the mix. Mm-hmm. Not for me, but Adam. Yeah. Did you have a fine vacation? Yeah, it was pretty low-key. Just up Little, north yeah. in the North North Shore. Oh, neat. Relaxing. Up nord. Up nord. Just relaxed. Glenn yeah. was always asking me what I wanted to do every day, and my answer was up. My, my idea of a vacation would be just to go somewhere and like lay, sleep, sleep <laughs> and like lay on the bed in a hotel room and watch TV for five days straight. But <laughs> How'd that go? That's, not, that's not her idea of a vacation. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, that wouldn't fly with me either. Sorry, Adam. Yeah. Not when you're in the I, did, I got pretty. a fair amount of laying around watching TV, though, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. But I think no. that's... Well, to each is on. We were up in two yeah. harbors, saw some sights. On the, I mean, Lake Superior is just beautiful, no matter when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep, yeah, enjoyed the lake. Did a little geocaching, which is nice. always fun. That's not dead yet, huh? Oh, no, it's, that's huge still. That's yeah, cool. and growing and growing and growing. Ten-year-old daughter was at a birthday party yesterday, and that's what they did. It's a great thing to do when you're really? vacationing. I mean, it takes you to little areas you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. it just Because people who place these things um, you know, typically try to put them in areas they think that people should go check out, not just hide them in weird, mundane spots that have no meaning. Um, so, yeah, it was cool. It's a fun activity. We yeah, didn't cool. plan to like, go up there and do that, but when we were up there, it was... Why not? Yeah, let's check it out. Let's see what's around us. See, where I live, there like there's one in the park across the street from my house, which is not very exotic, and there's one in a strip mall. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, exactly. To me, I wonder if that's a market. Do people do it to like marketing? Oh, or yeah. is that frowned upon? Oh, no, you can do that. The geocaching to attract people community. to your yeah to your establishment or whatever. Really, yeah. the geocaching association. Although it's kind of weird because I'm often hesitant to go find those, only because I'm like, well, did the owner put this there? Or did somebody else put it there? Because if you're going to put stuff on private property, you have to have permission. Mm-hmm. And typically, you would like note that within the comments of the cache itself. You know, this is on private property, but there's permission. Even then, I'd still might be hesitant to go onto private property to look for something. Yeah, you don't want to plant one like no. Farmer Brown's field. No, I don't want <laughs> some shoot at you. Yeah, some some hunting grounds. <laughs> yeah, German Shepherd chasing you off the property. <laughs> exactly, hostile four. <laughs> well, cool. This is like fun. Mm-hmm. Jackie, do you have any vacations coming up? I actually kind of have a lot. A lot? Of like, yeah, weekend type vacations. Oh, cool. Yeah, a lot of cabins. Cabins. North Shore type stuff. Neat. Yeah, I just, I still need to get in at some point, like a long, like at least like a week long yeah. getaway somewhere. It's, it's mm-hmm. even, a, even an ex- extended weekend, just even a couple of days on there, you still don't necessarily feel like you got away from everyday stuff. You, to me, you have to be gone long enough that you're actually looking forward to coming back. Right. Like looking forward to routine and right. that kind right. of thing. But that takes a while. Yeah, like a week or two at 
sometimes. I had a family from France stay with me this past weekend. That's I, right. I got to know them when I traveled there. And they take, they're, they're on like a three-week vacation, which is, for them is normal. They take like sabbaticals. Yeah. And, and they were like, well, why can't you come over for you know, three or four weeks? We're like, yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> someday, but yeah, you can't be gone yeah. four weeks. Yeah. Europeans totally have it going on in their vacation. Yeah. Which is Steez. why their economy blows it. And <laughs> <laughs> not that ours is any yeah, like, say, But they're well, happier. Jim. They're generally happier people. They're generally happier, and they live longer. Yeah. Do they so, live longer? Yeah, they do. Yeah, don't they? they do. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. So speaking of um, happy, how about this segue? Nice. Save the date for our next happy hour. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was awesome. So we're sponsoring <laughs> another happy hour for Mahiskin. Or as it's better known, Mission mm-hmm. Minnesota Healthcare Strategy and Communications Network. You got it right. Or Minnesota Health Strategy and Communications. There's no yeah. care in there. Right. They don't they care. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> so August 24, details yep. coming soon. We'll post them on our site. Mission will have them on their site. But it'll be a good time. We're planning some fun things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't share. Should be a fun event. So keep an eye on your inbox we'll for a, uh, if you're a mission food. member. Yeah. Drinks, food, doesn't get any better than that. We'll make it better <laughs> Maybe than that. Maybe some prizes, if you're lucky. Maybe some prizes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Okay, let's get to the news of the day. Now I feel like I'm beating this to a, to like it's a dead horse, but there was another story on people in the public questioning hospital advertising. So really? now it's kind of crescendoing, which we've been talking about this for a while, so mm-hmm. part of this is like I told you so, but... Um, so there was an article in Cranes magazine that talked about uh, the public in New York questioning why hospitals are shelling out big bucks for advertising, particularly in the midst of job layoffs and closed facilities. And according to the article, New York healthcare institutions, now I'll get to this in a second, New York healthcare institutions spent $80 million in advertising this year, up from $69 million last year. Now, I don't know what healthcare institutions they're talking about, if it's mm-hmm. just hospitals or insurance companies as well, uh, or how or who is questioning this. Because when I went to the Cranes article, you had to like subscribe. And so I flipped on my digital middle finger and said, fine. <laughs> we, yeah, I'm not, you're not getting me. So unfortunately, we don't know the details of that. But I thought there was still some good points to this. David Feinberg, who's VP of Marketing at New York Presbyterian, which is a huge, huge facility, uh, said, we don't see it as an expense. We think of it as strategic investment. Uh, and then I thought uh, down below, uh, there was a great comment. And this is from David Sandman. Senior Vice President of the Nonprofit Policy Think Tank, New York State Health Foundation. So I would have expected this type of person to be like, brah, mm-hmm. ripping on it. But he says, and I think this is exactly right, in a perfect world, these dollars would be spent on improving patient care, which sounds like what we would say. In the real world, empty beds do not generate revenues, and advertising that results in increased patient volume can be a rational investment. Mm-hmm. Boom. Hallelujah to that. I know. Uh, and then Joel English is in this, um, by the way, this article that I'm reading from is in fiercehealthcare.com. And the title is Public Questions, Expensive Hospital Ads During Tough Times. So it's kind of, it's almost a blog. And they've taken a look at this Cranes article. Uh, and Joel English from BVK talks about, which is a large, large healthcare 
marketing agency in Milwaukee. He said two thirds of his clients have curbed their advertising dollars uh, this year, and that hospitals are also using free online social media tools as an alternative to traditional marketing methods of print and television ads. So those are some of the some of the responses. But you know, I just want to have a quick conversation. I mean, we talk about this enough now that I think our points are established, but. I still think that there's valid criticism to be had of this. For sure. You know, mm-hmm. it, it fundamentally, I believe that our system calls and should allow for advertising and marketing in whatever way hospitals want to do it. It's just, if you're egregious, right? if it's bad, uh, like we've talked about before, if you're just announcing layoffs or closing facilities, that, that kind timing. of stuff, mm-hmm. it's just, you're just, you're just asking for it. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, not only that, but there's also, I mean, <clears throat> aside from the economy being bad, there's a lot of wasteful, wasteful spending. I mean, people, there, there are, there, there's a, I mean, we see it, we see it day in and day out. There's, there's marketing communications, yeah. expensive marketing communications that end up being done for, to, to soothe someone's ego or for other political reasons. Um, not necessarily for driving volume. Right. Um, so, yeah, this industry is rife with that. Yeah, the outside of the economy is sucking. <clears throat> yeah, and I think you get that in any industry, right? You get bad advertising or bad marketing. The difference is the public doesn't understand how our system really works, and they think of hospitals as these. Most of them are nonprofit, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't always think of them as nonprofit. Actually, in fact, most majority of people, I think, still in Minnesota, for example, if you pull them, think of hospitals as for profit. A lot of it's because they see the marketing and the advertising, and they just right. assume that's the case. Uh, but well, you it's, know, hard, it's hard to get your your, your arms around um, things like the, the high salaries of you know people on the high end in the high in, in the upper echelon of the uh, C suite of these nonprofit organizations still you know making the same amount, and, and because that becomes news, and it quite often is. Um, it's like how how. I think the public questions, how can you have a nonprofit organization with people who still have like million dollar right. pay, you know, salaries throughout the year with big bonuses on top of that? It's kind right. of like how, what there's this there's kind of a disconnect. There's it's a hard disconnect. to grasp that. Yep. And it's you know, you can have a long debate about all of that, but it's what the market demands and mm-hmm. these yep. are multi in many cases multi billion dollar companies that yeah. are extraordinarily complex to run. Mm-hmm. I mean I would never want to be a CEO of a health system. It would be nightmarish. So, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of times you can argue correctly that they, they need to find the right people to run these effectively. And and those people take the demand. Yeah. But it's to your point, Adam, it's people don't get that. And they think these are, they they confuse them with charitable organizations. Yeah. A lot of times, like there is a charity component to, to almost any hospital, uh, but folks expect them to just, you know, give away care. We've gone on, on this for a while. But I just think, I don't know, I think hospitals had better keep their finger on their pulse of this trend because it just seems like more and more of it, given what we've gone through with reform and the economy and all of that. Yeah. Well, and you can't really, I mean, it definitely is a unique industry. I mean, you can't compare it like a hospital to the auto industry, right? I mean, right. Yeah. You still, you, they, there are times when hospitals, a lot of times when they give away free care, you can't be turned away from the ER, right? You show right. up, you need to be served. You're going to be, you're going to be helped. You can't just show up at Ford and demand a F-150. They're going to give you <laughs> one, right? So, right. So there definitely is that, that human component in this industry that's missing in 
you know, pretty much any other industry. Mm-hmm. Maybe some have that, but not to the extent that, I mean, this is life or death. Not yeah. having a truck to drive is not life or death. Right. Unless you're driving to the hospital, then maybe it is life or death. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep, um, abreast. If anybody has access to the cranes article, I don't want to break their, that's probably illegal to even say, can't even say that post a, I mean, post an illegal. Link. Uh, no, if there's post. actually, if there's a public facing link that actually takes you to the, to the article, then yeah, post it. Yeah, but it's post not. your it's username a public, and password. It's for a public us. facing yeah. link that takes you to sign up. It's digitally protected. You can't. Right. Well, the difference is like the whole paywall with like the New York Times yeah. or Wall Street Journal or whichever one. Maybe they're both doing it. They actually have. If somebody who subscribes sends you a link, you can still go to it. You get around the paywall that way, even if you're not a subscriber. Um, it's I don't know, it's just it's a weird setup. Apparently, yeah. it's working out for them though. They're they've it's I guess starting to turn a profit maybe. Yeah. So well, I'm all for people charging for their content. So oh, totally, totally. I mean, I'm having it both ways. But okay, so let's go to another article. This is a really long one, and I'll try to keep it focused because that's the point. This is called "Do You Have Everything But a Marketing Strategy?" and it's an article from Ad Age that was sent to us by Warren Johnson at Mid Michigan Health, who is a uh, social media friend of ours. And I just thought this was a fantastic article. And it's written by Al, I never know how to pronounce his name, Al Reese. I think it's Al Reese. So he is one of the two folks. Um, what's the other guy's name? Trout. Jack Trout and Al Reese were the, were the guys who really came up with the idea of positioning. Okay. Uh, as it relates to brand back in the 70s. So they are very well-respected marketers and branders. And so his his story is about... It starts off by talking about how marketers don't focus on strategy. They're focused too much on communications, which we have talked about mm-hmm. on and on. But I love how he talks about, um, so if, if marketers aren't developing marketing strategy, who is? It's leadership. And he kind of talks about how that's not a good thing. So he, use, he uses Hewitt Packard as an example. Here is HP's new strategies outlined in an interview in the Wall Street Journal conducted with its CEO, Leo Apotheker, I think. So this is their strategy. Invest more in software, networking, and storage. Emphasize systems that combine these functions. Increase spending on research. Focus on cloud computing. Build a business helping companies build cloud computing setups. Increase sales to telecom firms. So he says this is typical of a top management approach to strategy. Let's increase sales by expanding the brand in all directions. So, you know, how, how are they positioning themselves as a leader in, quote, software, networking, storage, and cloud computing? Oh, and, of course, personal computers. <laughs> so he goes on to talk about, well, why is this a problem? Because strategy is defined as the science. Okay, this is the military. This is where it came from. The science of planning and directing large-scale military operations, specifically maneuvering forces into the most advantageous advantageous position prior to engagement with the enemy. And what is the most advantageous position? According to Carl von Clausewitz, the world's most famous <laughs> military strategist. Von Clausewitz! That's an awesome name for a military Nine. strategist. <laughs> so here's, here's his advice. Keep the forces concentrated in an overpowering mass. The fundamental idea always to be aimed at before all and as far as possible. So concentrate. And I love this. Strategy is like a garden hose with an adjustable nozzle. 
Turn it one way to increase the concentration and out comes a powerful stream of water that can knock down a child. <laughs> turn, it, turn it the other way and out comes a fine mist that wouldn't harm a butterfly. Almost every military strategist recommends concentration of forces, while almost every business strategist recommends scatteration of forces. So his point is, leaders of companies are unable to say no, Mm -hmm. and they turn the hose of strategy onto the fine mist where it's and it spreads everywhere, and it does nothing. They're not knocking down children. They should be knocking down (laughs) children with their strategy. Small babies. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Nicely put. I just think that's fantastic. And he uses um, Apple as an example as a company that keeps the fire hose on by basically coming up with new hoses each time. So instead of like trying to expand, mm-hmm. he says that you know they're not expanding the Apple brand, but they're launching new brands, Macintosh, iPod, iPhone, iPad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's how they keep their, that's how they keep their hose strong Full and power. Yeah, and now that they've got more cash in the bank than the US government. <laughs> how about that? That's, Seriously? Yes. Yeah. Apple has got more cash Ish. in the bank than the United States government. They're making unbelievable bucket loads of money. Yeah. Well, and they're not it. um I was just listening to an interesting podcast just talking about kind of the pros and cons of the of of having that much money, which yeah. isn't necessarily a good thing. It's mean, not. It's not you should be doing something with it. Right. Um, but it was just interesting to listen to the ups and downs of what you can do with it, why you should do with it. You know, some companies, you know, pay that money back out in dividends to yep. their investors, which isn't necessarily a good thing; can be a bad thing. A lot of times, it's like end of life con- con- kind of companies that have grown stagnant. Yes. do that because they really don't have any other options. It, it tracks investors, right? If you do and that. Apple's not really not an end of life company by any means. They don't They're need not to attract, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's and they could attract more investors by just holding onto that cash because I mean it's an asset that they can do something. Huge with huge, but at the same time, it's just sitting there, and they're not right. You know. The is bad it, part of having cash in the bank, it sounds good, and to an extent, it is good. But like, I don't know what Apple's profit margin is. I should have looked at that. But they're they're making their profit is just unreal. So let's say their profit margin is thirty percent. That means every dollar that they spend, they make an additional thirty cents on it. What bank is going to give you 30% interest on your investment? <laughs> right, right. So they have all this cash sitting there. And in this environment, they'll be lucky if they're making 1% or 2% on that cash. Right. Oh, when they, right. If they invested in their own business, theoretically, they could be making 30% on it or 20 or whatever their profit margin is. I see. That's why it's bad to hoard that cash because you could be making more money. Right. right. Now, that's a theoretical. <laughs> you have to figure out how to... To invest it in yourself in a way that continues that profit right, margin, which right. is not easy. Right. Well, they have to, yeah, and they have to yeah, identify. And I mean, and this t- totally applies right back to our own uh, audience and our own markets in this industry. But you need know, to figure out where that money can be. I mean, for Apple, it's like, well, how do you identify then right. opportunities to? And one of the obvious mm-hmm. ones for them, I think, is to better fulfill demand. Because they just started to meet demand for the iPad. Because now you can order one and get one, right? <laughs> what a week, like within a week, um, and that like, it was within the last month or two. And that's since the iPad one was introduced. It's been like that. Right. They couldn't keep up with demand. Um, to, so to somehow improve their process or their the systems in place, if if even if you maybe you can't even maybe right. they're cranking out as many as humanly as could humanly possibly be cranked out. Jeez. And maybe there's a benefit too. I mean. Not being able to get something immediately kind of kicks up that yep. elite status of that particular thing. If all of a sudden you can just go get one 
on a whim at any time. Now it's just, I don't know, it feels, it's a little bit of a different well, vibe the, to it. That's so. a challenge. The world. They outsource all their manufacturing. Yeah, and those manufacturers are not yeah. making 30% or 20%. They're <laughs> oh, no. making 5%. So that's why, you know, yeah, they could buy a factory or build it own, but they're not going to be making right. 20 or 30%. And that's a whole different kind of business. Mm-hmm. So that's where it becomes right. difficult. But anyway, we, we digress. <laughs> so I'll just finish with this. Um, he ends with marketing a discipline in decline. Is this what marketing has become? A discipline that executes strategies designed by somebody else? If so, I have a message for marketers borrowed from Tennyson. So Tennyson, Alfred Lord Tennyson, has that famous poem. Um, what the hell is it? <laughs> you know that Charge of the Light one? Brigade. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah, very, very fa- famous. That's going to be the title of so our So here's the, you'll maybe you'll recognize go. this. You'll recognize this. Forward marketing brigade. Was there a person dismayed? Not though marketers knew someone had blundered. Theirs not to make reply. Theirs not to reason why. Theirs but to do and die into the valley of death rode the 600. So the poem's about soldiers who were sent into basically a death trap. But because they're soldiers, they just do it. They don't question it. You know, right. they just go. Mm-hmm. And that's where the famous line, you know, theirs not to question why. Theirs just to do or die. So he's basically taking that awesome piece of literature and applying it to marketers. You're basically being sent into a death trap by getting direction from the weak hose sprayers. <laughs> and your, your marketing is going to die if you just march forward blindly. I love yeah. that. Yeah, A lot of deep stuff in there. Yeah, that's just really cool. <laughs> There's a lot more to this story, but I just wanted to share those. I thought that was very clever and creative. Yeah, it is cool. It is. Okay, should we, are we ready for one more? Yep. Okay. Hit me. Our pal, Dan Dunlop. And I was going to talk about, he has, a, he has great posts. He did one a couple of weeks ago about the, the banal use of Twitter by hospitals, which was building on the very post we talked about maybe last time, Chris Boyer's post. I believe that was last time, About yeah. stop using social media. Might have been. I think it was a couple of weeks. I think it was a couple episodes ago. So Dan built on that, and he talked about how hospitals are not using Twitter to make connections uh, but instead, he posted something this very day, and he and he talked about us in it. So I thought we would re we would re what re reciprocate. <laughs> I was going to say recuperate <laughs> that too. So this is uh, the title is maligned and misunderstood, and it's about mommy blogging. And we had fun. In fact, it was Dan himself who last year. Because I, I posted something out, which we, which I blog about, or which we talk about, and he said we need a rant, and so then I put like the f- top five things that oh, made I remember me, that, yep, like rant of the week or whatever, and one of them was mommy blogger, and it wasn't that we don't agree that mommy bloggers aren't an important audience, or that there's not a strategy there. It was just the word, right. the term mommy <laughs> it's blogger. Kind of, you know, it's belittling to some degree. Yeah, yeah, and so he starts by saying. Um, he uses this strategy quite a bit, and he said, you know, he finds that there are people that don't understand it or downplay it, and he, and he uses my blog to say some people can't even don't even like saying the <laughs> saying the word. So he quotes it in there, but he also acknowledges that we're not saying that it's right a bad thing. Bad, but then he goes on to explain why he thinks it is a good thing, uh, and he talks about this is really interesting. Uh, a, an example of. One of the blogs his firm created for a hospital. Two days ago, a mommy blogger uh, 
wrote a post about melting down old bits of crayons she had placed in Lego silicon ice cube trays. So just huh? some craft thing. <laughs> okay, so she made Lego crayons for her kids. Okay. Okay, so she just shared that. Uh, he says, sounds cool, but how much interest could a blog post like this generate? On August 2, it generated 1,552 visits, and August 3, it brought in another 1,927 visits for a total of nearly 3,500 visits in two days. What impressed me was that the post also generated 103 comments. That's engagement. Is it important for your hospital? I'm just reading verbatim here. Is it important for your hospital to regularly engage moms? Yes. And this is the part that I really highlighted. Healthcare is undergoing a fundamental shift. We are moving from a transactional or episodic model of care to one where there will be much more continuity and more frequent communication with patients. So his point is the whole model of healthcare is changing. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get away from fee-for-service. We're trying to get away from the assembly line. We're trying to get it where people are, their care is managed by a medical home or a physician or an um, ACO or whatever right. uh, because – a, that's a better way to manage health, and it will drive down costs and all the great things. And so he's saying because of that, you need to rethink how you engage your your populace, mm-hmm. your market, whoever, because because you also shouldn't be hitting them with episodic transactional communications. You should be engaging them. So I just thought that was really well done. Yeah, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Even though it's mommy blogs. <laughs> <laughs> He says, so via the mommy blog, the daddy blog, and the 50-plus blog, start building relationships with your brand constituents. Fitty, bl- fitty bloggers? Mar- what? Fitty? Fitty, fitty bloggers? Fitty bloggers. <laughs> marketing at them just won't get it done in the future. You've got to start marketing with them. Um, and then he gives a link, and we'll provide a link to all of this. Uh, when you go look at the blog post this woman wrote, he says to check out the comments. Remember, all this was made possible by two hospitals that got together and decided to create a space online where the sharing could take place. So, Very cool. who's out of the mommy blogger? <laughs> what's another? Let's come up with a term real quick that we can use internally. Instead of mommy blogger? Yeah, blommers. What? No, blommers. I just, I just combine the words. Mom blommies. Mamogs. Blommies. Well, mamogs like mammography, but they're mom blogs. Mamogs. I just part of his blog. Maybe I have a problem with the word G or the letter G, like veggies and bloggers and. Maybe well, the word blog is just very. Harsh. Maybe you have a problem with the word mommy. Um. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> I I do think that that's a little bit like I put in my post, cloying and. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Mom blogs. Mom blogs. I'd mm-hmm. rather much rather go with mom blogs. Let's yeah. go with that. That's our official one, one word. The mother blogger. Mother blogger. Mother blogger. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, you mother blogger. <laughs> no, I like no. that. There you go. That, there it is. That's, that's the better. Bo- and the name of our podcast. I'm going to officially, I'm gonna officially <laughs> solicit Dan to start calling them mom blogs. Because I can live with mom blogs. You can't live with mother blogger? I could be mother blogger, but I think that would be taken the wrong way. Mom blogs is fine. Yeah, I don't mind that. But mommy, blo- mommy blogger is just mommy bloggy. Yeah, mommy, mommy bloggy <laughs> with your sippy cuppy. Cool. You're veggie. Right, Dan. Dan, when you hear this, you have to officially adopt mom blog. <laughs> That's my challenge to you. No more mommy blogger. Mom blog. Or mother blogger. Or mother blogger, if you're using it in a derogatory sense. <laughs> Whatever. 
that sounds fine. Mother blogger? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could we could put a poll up on our Yeah, which our, term do you prefer? Which term do you prefer? We would go with mommy blogger, mom what? blog, mother, mother blogger, blogger, and mamog. Mamog. <laughs> and blog. Sounds like a creature. Mamog. Mamog versus Godzilla. The mamogs. <laughs> the mamogs. <laughs> All right, oh, we better man, go. No, we're getting a little giddy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hungry as Anything hell. Anything else? Indeed. Yeah, we're hungry too. All right, well, no, for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. And Adam Meyer. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next week for a special surprise. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Candy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>